This episode of Ministry Monday is brought to you by the inaugural CLEF Summer Program, taking place July 17th through the 22nd at the Jesuit Spiritual Center in Milford, Ohio. The program will provide sessions for ensemble instrumentalists, vocalists, and a retreat track. Additional time for daily prayer and private coaching with our team of experienced ensemble musicians is available. For more information, visit clef.life. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 192 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy, produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. Today begins our second episode focusing on the Exultet. Last week, we featured a conversation with Father Paul Turner about the historical context of this sacred chant. If you missed that episode, it can be found wherever you listen to podcasts and at ministrymonday.org. This week, we speak to Nicholas Will, Director of Liturgical Music, Organist, and Lecturer at Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland. This episode is unique in its truly didactic approach. As a result, this episode is particularly perfect for the priest, deacon, cantor, or other elected layperson who is preparing to sing the Exultet this year. Nicholas walks us step by step through learning the Exultet, even if you don't have a musical background. This episode in particular is the most beneficial in its video podcast version. We recommend watching it, especially if you are learning the Exultet this Lenten season. The video version of this episode can be found on NPM's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash NPM live stream. And it can also be found in the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. Today on Ministry Monday, I'm speaking to Nicholas Will. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hi, I'm great, Amanda. How are you? Good. I'm well, thank you. Thank you for being willing to talk with me today. Um, So, of course, I've interviewed you before on Ministry Monday. This is not the first time that the listeners have heard your voice. The last time I spoke to you, I believe you were still in Rome. Yes, I think so. It was a few years ago now. I know. I know. It has been a few years. Um, So since then, you have moved back to the States, um, and now you are working at Mount St. Mary's. Would you mind sharing a little bit what you're doing there? Sure. I am the director of liturgical music and uh, lecturer at Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland, which is 
uh, I believe, the largest Roman Catholic seminary in the United States. Uh, I think this year we have 161 seminarians from throughout the United States. Uh, and so my job there is mostly making liturgical music, a lot of uh, liturgy happening at a seminary. And so I'm overseeing all of that with different choirs, uh, uh, Spanish choir, a Latin choir, and then uh, a Sunday mass and Vespers choir. But I also do a lot of teaching. So I, I teach a sequence of courses on uh, uh, the history and development of sacred music. And we, we look at the tradition um, for the entirety of, of the church for the last 2000 years up to the present day. And then part of that sequence too is, is making sure that the men can uh, sing the, the chants that pertain to them in the Roman Missal. So during the third year, we look at all of the chants for the deacon. And then in the fourth year, all the chants for the priest. So they see more of me than they probably want to, but it's uh, uh, a good uh, and robust uh, curriculum. And, and so uh, the task at hand today, uh, we're working on right now, actually, with, with the third year men. Oh, great. Yeah, that, that ties in quite nicely then. So, um, of course, this is week two of the Exultech conversation that we're having on Ministry Monday. Last week, we covered the historical basis with Father Paul Turner. And so today we're going to talk, just like what you said, about practical application. So we understand that typically, of course, the exalted is the role of the deacon. However, if a deacon is not present, of course, a priest or an elected layperson can do it. And so I want us to kind of approach this from all of those perspectives, and especially if it's okay to talk about maybe approaching it if you don't have a strong musical background. So if you're okay with that, I kind of want to start at the beginning and say, how would you begin? If this was the seminarians and this is your class, how would you begin? Where would you start? Sure. I, the first thing I would say is you can do this. You know, if you're, uh, <laughs> especially I think uh, clergy, priests and deacons um, who, who might not have a strong background and, and might have had little to no training in the seminary. You know, I, I, I talked to a, a number of um, priests who were formed uh, maybe, you know, in the 70s or 80s who say to me, I had nothing, no training whatsoever, which is sad, first of all. But um, I, I think a, a lot of people feel un just uncomfortable and a little bit intimidated. And that's perfectly fine. But I'm here to say it's not that bad. Right. Uh, and, and there are some things that uh, you can do. Uh, I'll give you some, some hints here today uh, to, to help you in, in, in that regard. Um, now, I don't it's outside our purview to, to talk a lot about technique or breathing or that sort of thing. But if, if you're a deacon or priest, that's certainly something that your music director or uh, even a cantor in your parish could probably help you with. Um, what I am going to try to help with is, is how to, you know, uh, learn the notes, how to learn the tone and, and to, to, uh, um, you know, effectively render the text. So, uh, if, if you are, are ready, we could probably dig right in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, uh, here we have the text. I used the short form of the Exaltet just, uh, uh, for our purposes today, but the short form, short form. Uh, if you hadn't figured out, is not actually short. <laughs> it's not that much short <laughs> than the long form. So I, I'd encourage you, if you're going to do it, you might as well do the long form, right? Go big or go home. But, but for, <laughs> for today, everything we uh, uh, talk about today applies to the long form as well. So I always like to start with 
this preface dialogue or, or the, the little dialogue here that is exactly the same musically as the preface dialogue in the mass because I think um, certainly uh, most priests are, are comfortable with that or have at least heard that, right? Uh, and so that's a good place to, to, to start. And within that dialogue, you have most of the notes that you're going to need for at least the, the latter two thirds of, of, the, of the chant. So of course, we have that long introduction, uh, which we'll look at later. Then we have this dialogue and then we get into the body of the prayer, the, 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 uh, uh, the proclamation as it were. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just gonna do a little bit of uh, singing here. Uh, and uh, and I'll stop and talk about a few things. Now, uh, first order of business is um, pitch. If you read music, you can see that uh, we're starting on a G and we're going up to a C here on let us give thanks to the Lord our God. All of that is relative, right? So in, in chant, there's really no such thing as a, a C or a G. It, it really operates, uh, uh, it, it's all about intervals. So you only you don't need to actually start on a G. Um, you can start anywhere you want, anywhere that's comfortable for you. What you need to be aware of is where that uh, note lies in the range in the tessitura of the chant. So the beginning of this dialogue is toward the lower end of the tessitura. So you just want to make sure you don't start too high, or you might be in for a surprise later on. So uh, just kind of start this dialogue wherever it's comfortable. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. Now, in that dialogue there, you want to pay attention to where the uppermost note is. A lot of those phrases start there. It is right and just. We lift them up to the Lord. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks. All those start on yeah, that pitch right there. That's where you're going to spend most of your time in the body of the, the proclamation here. That's what we might call the reciting note. Okay. And, and you see that note is the third space. And so you want to pay attention to the phrases that start there, because most of them do, just like in the preface. So if you're chanting the prefaces, same thing happens there. This tone is, is very similar to the preface tone. It's basically a decorated preface tone. And you notice that all those phrases uh, where we're on that third space, most of them uh, start with just one note or one syllable on that second space below it. Don't think too much about that, right? It'll just sort of come to you. It is truly right and just. That interval, that minor third happens uh, so much in, in the presider's chants at mass. So it'll just happen. The important thing is the, the, the second note. It is truly right and just with ardent love of mind and heart. And now I go back up. And with devoted service of our voice, to acclaim our God invisible, the almighty Father. So what's happening here in all these phrases? We're starting in the same way, and we're always ending on that note that's on the middle line, yeah? That's what we might call a, a, a mediant note or a mediant cadence, yeah? 
and it should sound unresolved. Ya-da-da-da, should sound like it wants to go somewhere, okay? So uh, think of it less in terms of pitches and, and um, um, maybe more in terms of resolution. It, it, it's sounding a little bit unresolved. It, it, it wants to, um, eventually, it's going to resolve as we'll see, but not quite yet. Um, also, and then if you can get those, like the starting pitch and the ending pitch, everything else is mostly moving up and down by step. So when the notes go down, you go down. When they go up, they go up. And I'm moving fairly quickly here. But of course, if you're learning this for the first time, you want to take your time and, and make sure that uh, you're, you're getting all the notes in here. And you notice that sometimes we have um, two notes together on a syllable and the editors uh, of the Roman Missal and the good folks at ISIL have done a really great job of, of making it clear where you have more than one note on a syllable because they're packed very closely together. So you see that on Almighty Father, for instance. Okay, so we ended on um, to acclaim our God invisible, the Almighty Father. Now you'll notice then on the next phrase, and Jesus Christ, our Lord, his son is only begotten. First of all, that phrase does not start on that third space, right? That one starts on that middle line, okay? And then look where it ends up. It ends up um, on the second space. This is what it, uh, I would call the, the, the final cadence. This is what's happening in this chant where we get to a point of uh, repose or an important ending point. Same thing, uh, again, pretty much happens in, in the preface. So the thing to remember is what you're going to look out for uh, are those phrases where we start on that middle line. Again, compare and Jesus Christ, our Lord, his son, compare that to it is right and just at the beginning and just look how that is, is different. And here's how that sounds in context. I'm going to start from to acclaim our God invisible. <clears throat> to acclaim our God invisible, the almighty father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord, his son, his only begotten. Notice how that ending, <clears throat> only begotten, how it sounds a little bit more restful, right? That's because it's that final cadence. So all of this in the last two thirds or three quarters of the Exaltet, the, the actual proclamation itself, those are really the only two phrases we have. They're simply, everything else that's happening is simply a decoration on that tone. Okay, so that's how simple, that's how simple it is. Um, now, his only begotten son, there are a number of new, notes there, right? And it can be easy to get off a little bit if you maybe you only sing one note on a syllable where the the, the music has two so maybe you sing something like <clears throat> and jesus christ our lord his son is only begotten hear how i i kind of screwed that up but i kind of didn't right because i i i, I recovered and, and this is important too so long as you begin and end the phrases in the right place what happens in the middle is is not so important. <laughs> Those are venial sins, I always tell the, the, the seminarians. The important thing is that you're ending in the right place and you're beginning in the right place. And quite frankly, this tone, of course, was written with a Latin text originally, and we're now singing it with English. And the, the folks at ISIL have done a really great job of adapting 
the tone to English. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes it is a little bit awkward, right? Uh, and there have been editorial decisions made to try to make it as natural sounding as possible. But there's always going to be a little bit of it that, that doesn't quite sound natural because we're because the differences between English and Latin are, are so um, distinct. And all that is to say, uh, as long as you do what feels natural and if you have the tone kind of in your ear, if, if you need to make minor adjustments, that is fine. What you don't want to do is is try to get too uh, um into the weeds with, with uh, you know, making sure that all of the notes are on the syllables to the point where you're not thinking about the text or you're not communicating the text if you're maybe doing something like this. <clears throat> and Jesus Christ, our Lord, his son, his only begotten. <laughs> now, I've got all the notes in there, but that wasn't necessarily prayerful, right, or, or, or natural sound, okay? Um, so. Uh, going on. Who for our sake paid Adam's debt to the eternal father and pouring out his own dear blood, wiped clean the record of our ancient sinfulness. So that was a, a shorter section. I only had um, uh, two phrases that started on that third space and then I went right to the final cadence. Let's stop for a moment and, and talk about... Um, the pronunciation of T-H-E, the word T-H-E. Uh, this is a, a, not canonical, but just a, a common way to approach that word. There, there are two ways, of course. We can sing the, or we can sing the. And usually, when in English, when T-H-E precedes a, a word that begins with a vowel, we would pronounce it the. If it precedes a word that begins with a consonant, we would pronounce it the. So, for instance, here, uh, the eternal father, who for our sake paid and debt to the eternal father. But if you go back a line, uh, no, the almighty, it would be. Uh, I'm trying to find another. Um, okay, back at the dialogue. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. So, anyway, just something to keep in mind. Also, while we're stopped, just a word about these bar lines here. I don't, uh, hopefully you can see my uh, cursor here. You notice that we have a lot of different uh, types of, of lines here. It's, it's not like in, in, in modern music where we have basically all bar lines that are, are the same and then maybe the double bar line uh, at the end. Here we have uh, a, a double bar line. Here we have a, what's called a half bar. Here we have a quarter bar. And here's a, a full bar that's uh, taken from chant notation. And so the notation that's in the Roman Missal is sort of a combination of modern music, modern notation and chant notation. So we have five lines like we do in modern music. We have the, the treble clef like we do in modern music. Uh, we have the, the same notes, but we don't have stems. So that's uh, sort of the combination with chant. And also these bar lines are drawn from chant notation. And what those mean is, uh, or what those mean or indicate are, are varying uh, uh, breaks, if you will. So these double bars are, are very clear breaks, usually used to indicate even um, changing from one person to another or one group to another. You notice that the full bar, that would be the next strongest, that is occurring at a period. 
And then the half bar is usually at a comma or something like that. And that's um, usually a place where we're going to breathe. So at all, all of these uh, uh, bar lines, we're going to breathe. The exception or the one that's a little bit gray would be these uh, 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 the quarter bars. Sometimes um, it makes sense to breathe there, sometimes not. Part of that has to do with each individual singer, their vocal capacity, that sort of thing. Um, it, it, whether or not to breathe at those quarter bars, there's no clear rule on that. So whatever you're comfortable with. Okay, so going on, I was just ending on uh, ancient sinfulness. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. These then are the feasts of Passover in which is slain the lamb, the one true lamb, whose blood anoints the doorposts of believers. This is the night when once you led our forebears, Israel's children, from slavery in Egypt and made them pass dry shod through the Red Sea. Now I'm going to stop here. <clears throat> Here's where we start to get into some of the decoration on this is the night, right? Um, the thing to remember here is, first of all, where you are starting, okay? So if I go back to these then are the feasts of Passover, notice I'm, I'm starting on that third space. By this point, it should be pretty easy to recall where that is. These then are the feasts of Passover. I'm just going up to that reciting tone. Same thing on uh, the second, this is the night. This is the night. Now you notice I don't always start there, right? On this first, this is the night, I start on that A, just right where I ended the last phrase. And I think that, um, first of all, where you have these little melismas, they're called, where we have a whole bunch of, of notes on one syllable, um, you want to keep them light and, and not too weighty. Uh, think of them as one unit, one little melody. This. Don't think of the notes as having too much independence on their own. I also think it can be helpful on the, the melismas that start on the A here on that second space, like on this. If you hold that first note a little bit and, and kind of ground yourself, that can be very, very helpful. So in context, uh, that would be, whose blood anoints the doorposts of believers. This is the night. And I think musically that that sounds good rather than this. You don't want to be too, too uh, quick with it. Also, um, this might sound a little silly, but uh, if you're learning this on the melismas, you, you want to just make sure you have enough notes, you know. So on, on um, this here, this is the night. This is the night. It's easy to either go too far. This, uh, oh, too many notes or not enough. This is the night. One way to practice this is just to count. You see very clearly, I have four, four, four notes there. So I can sing one, two, three, four, just to make sure you're getting all the notes in and then, and then add the text later. So starting off where we left off uh, here, <clears throat> this is the night that with a pillar of fire banish the darkness of sin. This is the night 
that even now throughout the world sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices and from the gloom of sin, leading them to grace and joining them to his holy ones. I'm going to stop there. On leading, you notice we had something a little bit different. We started on that fourth line, okay? We went a little bit higher, right? So you need to be able to differentiate when we're starting on that third space, which we have been doing, and when we're starting on the fourth line. And all you need to do is think about that as the high note. That's the highest note that you're going to sing in the exalted. So uh, again, uh, comparing the two, I'm going to start... Uh, from This Is The Night. That's starting on the third space. And listen to how that is different from the note I start on on leading. This is the night that even now throughout the world sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices and from the gloom of sin, leading them to grace and joining them to his holy ones. This is the night when Christ broke the prison bars of death and rose victorious from the underworld. Oh, wonder of your humble care for us. Oh, love, oh, charity beyond all telling. To ransom a slave, you gave away your son. O truly necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ. And from that point on, there's really nothing new in this last, uh, in, in the proclamation itself. One thing I'll say where you have the melismas and also where you have more than one uh, note on a syllable, you want that to be very legato or smooth. That's a nice Italian word we use to say smooth. And well, what does that mean? Well, what that means you don't want the air to, to, to stop and start again. So for instance, one thing I hear a lot in my work with seminarians, and I think this is a natural thing that, that um, people do if, if they don't have a lot of vocal training, when they change notes, on the same syllable, they'll do something like this. On, uh, let's see if I'm singing This Is The Night. This is the night. So you hear how I put a little puff of air in between all those notes. What that means in, uh, vocally is I'm, I'm stopping the, the vibration of the vocal folds there. What you want to do is to not uh, uh, stop that at all. So this and if you're having trouble doing that, one thing you can do is, is maybe sing it a little bit louder than you normally would, you know, this. And then once you feel what it feels like to, to not stop the vocal folds, then bring the volume back a little bit. This. And along with that, of course, is good breathing and that sort of thing. Uh, all those things that your, your musicians in your parish can help you with. So going on to... Um, Oh, happy fault. That's a great line. Oh, happy fault that earned so great, so glorious a redeemer. The sanctifying power of this night dispels wickedness, washes faults away, 
restores innocence to the fallen and joy to mourners. Oh, truly blessed night, when things of heaven are wed to those of earth and divine to the human. On this your night of grace, O Holy Father, accept this candle, a solemn offering, the work of peace and of your servants' hands, an evening sacrifice of praise, this gift from your most holy church. Therefore, O Lord, we pray you that this candle hallowed to the honor of your name may persevere undimmed to overcome the darkness of this night. Singing English can be very difficult. Singing English beautifully, I should say. One thing you want to be aware of uh, in, in or is the letter R. Okay, so in spoken American English, we have a very heavy R sound. Therefore, that sound is not very pleasant if we sing it. Therefore, oh Lord. And uh, what it comes down to is, is a, a, a very heavy diphthong on the vowel or multiple vowel sounds, sometimes even a triphthong. So what you want to do is simply de-emphasize those R's as much as possible. You don't want to confect some sort of um, faux English or British accent, but but just uh, just very little R. Therefore, O oh Lord, we pray you. Ah, now remember the other thing I wanted to mention. So in the notation, in the Missal, and this happens not just in the Exalted, but in uh, the prefaces and things like that. Notice here on, on Lord, if you can see my cursor, you notice we have two notes there. We have the third space and we have the third line, right? And, but notice that the note before that we're singing on therefore is also that third space. Oftentimes in the Roman Missal and the Exaltet included, the editors will give you a note just to remind you what pitch you're singing. It doesn't necessarily mean you're changing pitch. So sometimes uh, I, I notice seminarians will see a note and they'll think, automatically they need to, to move. So they'll do something like, therefore, oh, uh, you, but I actually don't move the pitch there. It's therefore, oh Lord, we pray you. So you want to be uh, aware of what note you're singing and try to take in context, right? To look at uh, as much real estate on the page as possible. Uh, because again, a new note doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you're, you're changing pitch. Going on, receive it. <clears throat> receive it as a pleasing fragrance and let it mingle with the lights of heaven. May this flame be found still burning by the morning star. The one morning star who never sets, Christ your son, who coming back from death's domain, has shed his peaceful light on humanity and lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. And you notice I put in a little red marking here because I notice a lot of people singing this put a break there, and I would not do that. 
I think most people are capable of singing this whole phrase on one breath. And and for those who are listening to the podcast right here, he's talking about may this flame be found still burning by the morning star. That's a full phrase there. Instead of may this flame be found still burning by the morning star. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, again, um, your parish musicians can help you with your breathing there. So that's all I had for the, uh, the, the proclamation part itself, which is, again, most of the exalted. So before we go back into the introduction, Amanda, is there anything else you'd like me to talk about or any questions you think people might have? No, I mean, of course, uh, well, two things, just an anecdote. I always feel <laughs> I always feel this sense of relief from whoever's proclaiming it whenever they get to and lives and reigns <laughs> forever. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, we know this. We made it, you know, um, but in, in all seriousness, though, um, I, I, it makes so much sense, though, that, you know, from the dialogue through pretty much the end, it really does have that same type of formulaic feel that a lot of the chants have in the Roman Missal, even for things like the Eucharistic preface and things like that. But it's the little things that I think are the most challenging that are these small little ornamentations, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the only suggestion that, that I have is, you know, if, if for some reason, like you mentioned that they, maybe they even miss an entire ornamentation, how do they continue to move on from there? You kind of already addressed a little bit, but I kind of want to touch back on it. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, in learning those ornaments, um, I would say, take your time, right? And, and you could sing those slowly and, and then get to the point where you can sing them more quickly and, and naturally. Because ultimately your goal is to sing this, uh, not necessarily quickly, but but naturally, right? The, the, the tone here is at the service of the text. So you don't want the text to ever sound belabored. Uh, those ornaments, especially for untrained singers, can be difficult. But but trust me, if you simply take your time and, and, and uh, slow it down, you can do that. Now, when a snafu happens, and I won't say if, I'll say when, because this is a long chant, and even for professional singers, there's probably going to be something, some misstep, right? Uh, and I think I kind of alluded to this before, <clears throat> as long as you end in the right place and you sing whatever you're singing with confidence, no one will know that you had a snafu. No one <laughs> is sitting there in the pews with this music and these texts and taking notes <laughs> over the note the the pitches that you miss if they are you they have problems and uh <laughs> i want to have a conversation with them but what they will note is if you do something like this so maybe say i'm going along and i make a mistake <clears throat> receive it as a pleasing fragrance and let it mingle with the lights of uh, lights of heaven if I stop, right, and I stutter a little bit, try to correct mm -hmm. myself, you know, they will notice that. But I'm, I'll do something now. I'll, I'll just completely butcher the, the pointing, how the notes are in the syllables, but try to recover. <clears throat> Receive it as a pleasing fragrance and let it mingle with the lights of heaven. Now, that wasn't good. If a seminarian you know, brought that to me, I would, I would correct them. But notice... At least I ended strong or tried to end strong, right? And so uh, those mistakes, those errors, when they happen, they, they will happen. Just keep moving and uh, know where you're going to land. And again, what you're looking for are uh, on those, those final cadences, 
that second space. That's home mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. Uh, and then on the median cadences, this this third line. Okay. Uh, that's that's what you're looking for. May persevere on dim. So if I could do something like may persevere on dim. You know, I really butchered that line, but I ended where I was supposed to. So as long as you end there, everything else is is, is going to be just fine. Yep, exactly. Great. All right. Yep. So let's uh, wrap up by starting at the beginning, if you will. So from Indeed. yes, I love this opening here. You know, this is all it really is, is, is um, uh, an extended introduction to that dialogue, right? Inviting people, um, uh, well, um, inviting people to, to partake in, in this, this, this praise, but uh, musically it's different, right? It, it, because it's sort of a, 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 has a fanfare like quality, you know, I hate everyone. Uh, you know, listen up to what is about to, to happen in inviting the hosts of heaven uh, and the angels, right, to, to, to join in, in, in this song of praise. So it's just wonderful. Um, now, musically here, this is a little bit more difficult, I think, than, than the body of the proclamation, but it, it too is, is not difficult. So just like we were mentioning with the preface, um, you want to start this in the middle of your range. The first note uh, of the exaltet is the same as the first note of that, that preface, the Lord be with you. <clears throat> so wherever that is uh, for, if you're singing a preface, you want it to be in the same place. I will say that, you know, if you're trying to play this on the piano and, and maybe you have some piano background and you're trying to play these pitches, this might be a little high for a lot of people. Most, um, I think most, especially deacons and priests, tend to sing a little bit lower than, than what's on the uh, on the page here. And if you're keeping track of these things and you want to know, usually I would say that it's about a third, <clears throat> about a third lower than what's on the page. Okay, so uh, I'm going to start here. And, and notice that there are some familiar friends here. Uh, we're, we're starting on that, that uh, uh, second line. And notice our reciting tone here where we're spending a lot of our time it's on that third space so that's the same as what we were discussing before exalt let them exalt the hosts of heaven notice here though i'm ending on that second space right away yeah i'm not ending on that third line like i was on the uh, for the median cadences okay so all of the phrases here are or most of them at least um, are, are ending on that second line. And we'll have something a little bit different that we'll get to in a minute, okay? Exalt, let angel ministers of God exalt. Let the trumpet of salvation. Whoa, that's different, right? So now we have the, the first little bit uh, of, of a challenging moment here. Now, what is going on? First of all, this is a little tricky because of the modality, yes? So this is where we really hear that this is not major or minor. This is modal, right? And if you uh, know a little bit about modern notation, what that means is we've got this half step between the F or the bottom space and the E or the bottom line. <clears throat> that's what makes this, what we would call it Phrygian. Okay, and that's what makes it sound very old, right, uh, and, and antique and different from modern music. So if I'm doing that one way, what you want to, to make sure you're doing is, is making, and I'm losing my cursor here, you want to make sure that this bottom space here is low and that the distance between that 
note and this this bottom line the e is 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 only a, a semitone very slight so one thing that can be helpful is to sing that very slowly so starting on this fourth line again remember that's the highest note you're going to sing let okay <clears throat> let the trumpet of sound and maybe just go that far yeah make sure you get that scale and then uh, getting the rest of salvation is easy because you're just going back home to that second space. Let the trumpet of salvation. Easy. And then once you get that slowly, then you can get it to uh, a more um, uh, fluid pacing. <clears throat> Let the trumpet of salvation. Now, one thing that you don't want to do on those scales, those phrases here, because it happens a number of times here, you don't want to be too fast and you don't want nerves to dictate your tempo here. Because I think some people see that big scale and they think, well, the best thing I can do is just to get it over with as quickly as possible. Let the trumpet of salvation. We don't want to do that, right? Um, you don't want to belabor any one of those notes, but you also want to not go too fast because you do want the, the music, that beautiful scale, that beautiful modal scale to come through, okay? Now, after that, you notice now we have actually a big leap here on sound, yeah? Up till now, most everything we've done has been moving more or less by, by, by step or by little leaps. Now we have this sound, ooh, sounds like a trumpet and that's on purpose, right? Uh, um, what you want to, to be careful of here is again, to make it legato. You don't want to sing sound aloud, but sound aloud. And you can get that legato by doing what we, what we spoke of, of earlier. Uh, you also want to be careful because this is going to be the lowest note that you sing. They exalt that down here. You don't want to bury that in the back of the throat, but try to keep uh, the sound um, forward. You want to keep your throat nice and relaxed and open and make your vowel nice and tall. Okay. So instead of sound, there I had my mouth completely shut, my jaws clenched. But if I sing that with a nice open vowel sound, ooh, how much better does that sound? Yeah. And I didn't really do anything else different. Yeah. And uh, um, that's sort of, you know, on, on, on purpose. We want that to sound nice and open, almost like a, a trumpet. Okay. Now, continuing that phrase. <clears throat> sound aloud our mighty king's triumph. There we end on that Phrygian cadence again. Yeah, we have to make sure we get that, that bottom space to the bottom line. Um, take your time on that. Don't go too fast. My best piece of advice here, because that's a hard phrase, sound aloud our mighty king's triumph. That's a little bit tricky to, 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 to navigate that. My best piece of advice is don't try to separate things. Don't try to separate sound from what comes after it. I think sometimes I hear people sing, they get, they're so relieved that uh, they've sung sound, that little uh, fifth there that they stop. Sound, oh good, aloud our mighty, right. But it's, it's all one motion. Sound aloud our mighty king's triumph. It'll happen. Just take your time on that. It'll take a little bit of practice, but you'll get it. You just want it to sound um, fluid. I think another example on that, Nick, too, is that because sound or other phrases too, but sound 
is on its own line like it's on the for the previous line in the in the the at least the notation you're showing us right now and i think that has something to do with it too it's like oh it's separate and of course as musicians we know that but it's a good reminder that sound just because it's on its own line above it does not mean it's separate that's an excellent point amanda yes the end of the line here means absolutely nothing in terms of breaking or in terms of breathing or things like that right right so uh you notice there's no bar line here at all so we we keep keep on trucking there okay now uh if you can do that you can do the rest of of, of what's in this opening part here there's nothing else musically that's going on the only other thing i'll say is um you notice on triumph we're ending on that that bottom line on that 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 phrygian cadence i called it earlier and then we start on the 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 second line on on be glad and it sounds like this sound aloud our mighty king's triumph be glad let earth be glad as glory floods her we're back to what we we're doing in the beginning right now if i try to hear the distance between this bottom line on triumph and that the the second line on be glad i am probably going to sing the wrong note and and quite frankly that would be even a little bit hard for for trained singers to hear what i always tell people is rather than try to hear the distance between those notes just think to yourself when when you see these notes on be glad this this second line second space and that third space when you see that just think Okay, now I'm resetting and I'm going back to what I was doing in the beginning. Don't even try to hear the notes. And I, I found that uh, for the vast majority of untrained singers, they know exactly what that means and they can they can do it. So when I get to King's Triumph, I'm just going to think, okay, I'm resetting and I'm just going to do what I did at the beginning. So again, from sound. Sound aloud our mighty King's Triumph. Be glad, let earth be glad as glory floods her, ablaze with light from her eternal King. Let all corners of the earth be glad, knowing an end to gloom and darkness. I'm going to reset again. Rejoice, let Mother Church also rejoice. Arrayed with the lightning of his glory, let this holy building shake with joy, filled with the mighty voices of the peoples. The Lord be with you. And there I am. I've made it. Right. Nick, you just made a really good point. You know, of course, the first section that we looked at is very formulaic. We discussed that already. It's almost like the first third that we just went over has its own formula. So you almost have like two blocks of a, a melodic formula, if you will. You have to kind of think the first part is very exultant-like, right? This is not typically a, a, a tone or melody that we hear a lot in Roman Missal chants on an ordinary time and normal basis. But then once we get to the dialogue on the next page that you just stopped at, then we go into that format that we're very familiar with in a lot of the Roman Missal chants. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I always encourage um, the seminarians and, and people I'm working with on this to start with the second part. Mm -hmm. The natural tendency is to start right at the beginning. Okay, I'm right. going to learn this. 
Well, the beginning is the hardest, right? And it's also a very long chance. So it can be uh, very frustrating. You know, if you start getting off and, and getting things wrong in the beginning, I can't do this. And, you know, you get frustrated and, and stop. Start with what you know and you are more likely to know, which would be that preface dialogue. And then the second half is, is a lot easier vocally. And then once you feel good about that, then start on the beginning. Right, exactly. So um, Nick, question for you then. You've gone over really the entire exult out for which I'm grateful. How does one practice this in preparation for vigil? Sure, uh, well, first of all, it, it it's gonna take some time. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it will take time and, and consistency, right? I This is not something that uh, musicians know um, that you can't really cram when it comes to music, when it comes <laughs> to learning music. I mean, you can, but it, it's usually not going to be good. So uh, do not wait until um, Good Friday to, to, to look at this. I encourage people to, to maybe incorporate it into their Lenten disciplines in, in some way. You know, you might say, well, okay, uh, once or twice a week, I'm gonna spend 10 or 15 minutes to work on the Exaltet. Consistency is, is, is the most important thing here. I had a pastor once who, um, one of his Lenten disciplines was listening to the Exaltet on a cassette in his car, like, throughout Lent, not all the time. I think he listened to other things you know, <laughs> as well, but that was part of what he did. So every day he's driving in the car and he would just, you know, listen to the Exaltet maybe once through and and um, really, really helped him. Um, there are a lot of, of resources available and I'm going to actually redo my screen share here. Mm -hmm. There's uh, this link here is to the NPM website. They have a wonderful uh, collection of resources, recordings, of the chants in the Roman Missal and the Exaltet is there. It's a really great recording. I just listened to it um, uh, last evening in preparation for this. Also, if you are singing the Exalted in Spanish from the Missal Romano, we didn't talk about that at all, but just for the record, uh, there's a, a, a great website um, here by the Zipoli Institute and they have uh, all of the chants from the Missal Romano there. So recordings, are for most people helpful. And that is where you can find those. There are also, you know, uh, lots of different recordings on, on YouTube of, of, of varying quality, right? Uh, some some um, maybe more helpful than others, but what I uh, encourage people to do, so, okay, you've listened to this podcast and you say, okay, I'm gonna learn the Exalted this year. I really wanna do a good job with it. The most important thing is to familiarize yourself with the text off the bat, right? And, and all of the, the Roman missiles I believe all of the editions of the Roman Missal, they have the text by itself without music after the music. So just familiarize yourself with the text because first of all, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of, of praise, of poetry. And you want to be in a position where you are rendering this as prayer, which is only possible if both the text and the music are internalized. So start with the text. Then um, just listen to a recording either on the NPM website or, or somewhere else or on, on a tape in your car or whatever, without even looking at the uh, music, without looking at the missile, just getting that tone in your ear. Remember that for centuries, chant wasn't written down at all. It was a completely oral tradition. And the only way people learn things is by listening. And that's so that's still helpful. 
just listen to it. Then maybe listen to a recording while looking at the the music, and then and then you following the music. So trying to develop that connection between what your ear is hearing and what your eye is seeing on on the page. So you're still not singing it. You know you haven't sung at all. You just listen. Then you might sing along with the recording. Um, and for some people, that's very helpful. For some people, that's less helpful. It can be a little bit of a challenge, too, because if you're singing along with a recording, you're locked into whatever pitches they're using. And for some people, it might be a little bit high, you know, it might be a little bit low. But if you look around on the Internet, you might be able to find um, a recording that, that suits your vocal range very well. Uh, so singing along with the recording, that can be uh, very helpful for knowing where you're singing things incorrectly. You can also, at this point, would be a good time to seek out some help, maybe from a parish musician. You might say, hey, can I sing this for you? And, and can you um, tell me if I'm making any mistakes? Then once you feel like you have a pretty good handle on it, then you might sing, then you would sing by yourself and maybe just use the recording to check yourself is what I just sang, what is on this recording? Or again, you know, you might get some help uh, from a parish musician. Uh, and then you're just singing, um, you know, without any recording or anything, working on making it fluid, making it prayerful, so you're not stumbling on either the words or the, the music. Uh, and then finally, you wanna make sure that at least a few times before Holy Saturday, you sing it, without stopping, right? Because as we're practicing, we tend to stop and correct. You're not going to have that luxury in the liturgy or you should avoid it. And you need to practice that. You need to practice singing it without stopping, no matter what, making your little adjustments or recoveries whenever you have errors. And also quite frankly, you need to make sure that you can sing it. It requires a fair amount of stamina because it is long, you know? So as you're learning it, First of all, do not try to do the whole thing at the beginning, right? Just break it up as we did today. Just do a little bit at a time. But by the end, you want to maybe, you know, a couple times during Holy Week, at least practice singing it, standing, right? Um, you know, I mean, you could even wear the vestments that you're wearing if you wanted to, just to make sure that that's going to be okay. But but it, it's, uh, um, it requires some stamina to do. So I know that sounds like a lot, but all of that is, as I said, if you if you spread that over the course of a Lent, then it's actually not that bad, you know. So you could maybe do all those different steps that we talked about, but maybe spread them out the first week of Lent. You do this, such and such. And then the next week you 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 advance. Um, so I, I hope that is helpful to people. And and uh, Amanda, did you have any uh, other questions, or, or do you think there's anything else we should discuss? I don't know. I will put the links for both of those recordings in the show notes of this episode, as well as the description of this episode on YouTube, if you're watching the video. But do you have any other closing thoughts? I mean, you are incredibly thorough. I don't have I don't have any other questions or notes. So do you have any closing thoughts? My only uh, closing thoughts would be what I opened with. You can do this. Don't be afraid of this. <laughs> uh, and no one expects everyone to be Pavarotti, right? And, and, and nearly universally, everyone can do this in a, in a prayerful and dignified and beautiful manner. So uh, if you've been afraid of it in the past, um, be not afraid this year. Let, let this Holy Week be the Holy Week that you tackle this project. 
Excellent. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise, Nick. It has been wonderful. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Exalt, let them exalt the hosts of heaven. Exalt, let angel ministers of God exalt. Let the trumpet of salvation sound aloud our mighty King's triumph. Be glad, let her For more information about this episode, please check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to NPM's YouTube channel and subscribe to Ministry Monday so you don't miss a beat. The excerpts used from the English translation and chants of the Roman Missal were used with permission from the International Commission on English in the Liturgy Corporation, all rights reserved. Tune in next week as we explore the last episode focusing on the Exultet. Tony Alonzo will be joining us and be discussing the bilingual considerations we should consider for the Exultet. The recording of the Exultet was again provided by Father Paul Turner, who is singing today. The theme music for Ministry Monday is produced by Aaron Schaus. And today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. May pour into me his light unshadowed That I may sing this candle's perfect praises The Lord be with you Lift up your hearts Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just with ardent love of mind and heart and with devoted service of our voice to acclaim our God invisible, the Almighty Father and Jesus Christ our Lord, his Son, his only begotten, who for our sake...